She would always say, I'm the favourite child. Why does he get more attention? Gave me a massive shove up the court. They were like, get on with it. I look up to her and I look up to my brother. There are just things he does that I want to be able to do. The thought of not being with my mum makes me want to cry. I don't want to be without her. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Knights Foundation podcast. My name's Lewis Mason and I am joined by our wonderful team of ambassadors. We've got Callum. Hello. Hello. Got Lewis. Hello. All right. And we've got Sophia. Hey. And Milo. Hi. Now, we've also got a special guest. Now, I don't know who this person is. Someone introduce her, will um, you? This is Joan Ash. Also known she, as Dory. Yeah, Dory. Dory. She works at King's School in Winchester. Um, as we've left... We've decided to take her with us and take her on journeys. So she's part of our podcast team now. I yep. love it. Hi, Joe Dory. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Now, um, tell us how you know this lot. Um, I work at Pupil Support in King's School in Winchester, and we have a department where these guys access school and we support them within lessons. And I'm one of the fantastic team. Okay, what's Joe like then, Lewis? Yeah, all right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. What do you mean she's all right? I bloody love her. Well, yeah, no, she's just just crazy. Yeah, but yeah. very outgoing. And is extrovert the right word? That know. would be the right word. And yeah, uh, yeah she's the mad woman in uh, high school. <laughs> but we do love her. And uh, yeah, you're well, also kind. It's absolutely lovely to have you. Obviously, glowing references. Um, what's it like to work with these guys? What are Amazing. they like? Amazing. I love my job. It's challenging. I'm not going to say it's not difficult at times. Um, it's massively rewarding um, and it's good to see their progress. One thing, I think one word I'd use, having met uh, the team a few times, is honest. I just love their honesty. I think they'd say the same about me as well. Yeah, maybe a bit too honest. I, I think I think that's what <laughs> we like. Joe's got no filter, and sometimes, like especially like leaving school, we're still in touch with her, and there must be a reason for that because it's it's just like you're at school and you kind of see teachers as a kind of separate entity that you kind of don't realise that they have lives. It's not until like you leave school and you reconnect with them and you meet with them outside that environment you get to know their personality even more than you did at school. And it's like, Joe's got completely no filter, which we love because we just love people that are honest with us. You said too honest. What kind of run-ins no, have you no, had with no, Joe no, 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 she just, she'll say it out and she's always there when you need her. And yeah, you can always take advice from her. She won't beat around the bush. So Milo, are you still working with Joe quite regularly? Yeah, but to be honest, not a lot because I'm in lesson a bit. If I walk out a lesson and go to people's support to calm down a bit, then I will, so yeah. Oh, and in nice. the mornings as well, if I'm trying to, like, just calm down a bit in the morning before tutor time. How does she calm you down? If you just talk to her, it's just she's quite calming when she needs to be. Playful when she needs to be, that's it. With the podcast, just so you know, we, every episode, whether, because these guys go off on a bit of a tangent, they like to just... We could start talking about one thing and end up somewhere totally different. So we've got a little bit of a focus. So we have got our topic cards. Dun, dun, dun. And because you are the guest, Joe, you can choose which one we're going to go for on this episode. Family matters. Oh, God. Oh. <clears throat> okay, we're talking about family life. Yep. Life 
living with a disability, but not being ruled by a disability, but how it might affect family life. And obviously, Joe, you will deal with families as well as um, the students you're working with as well. So that balance and being able to have those relationships is really important. Definitely. And it has to work on a two-way street. There needs to be lots of dialogue, um, lots of support from each side, which I think for the most part, has been completely faultless with these guys in the room. I've got a question. It's quite a big question. It's quite a loaded question. And whoever wants to answer it, answer it. Do you think your disability takes over family life? Yes. 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 Definitely. Yeah, it has to. It can't not. I mean, it doesn't have to, but it, it definitely does. It, it, yeah, like, yeah, it will. It will. It never, yeah, it will. Even if it's, like, not our fault. Mm. Yeah. Like, even, I think... It's inevitable that it will take over some aspect of exactly. family life. Yeah, like I have a younger sister, she's literally a year younger. The amount of opportunities she probably missed because she either wants to do it with me or we're family, so like, we can't do it. Yeah, there's loads. But I guess as a family, you kind of... It does put a strain it. on relationships with members within the family, though. Like, whether that's your sibling, whether that's your parents... Like, even though we don't want it to, it will. Because it, the the nature of disabilities, they are very time-consuming. It is very all-consuming for the family as a household. And especially if you have one person that you're connected to or you have a strong relationship with, which is in my case, my mum. She's like my best friend, but we fight like hand dog all the time. My mum's the one person I'll go to. I'll give her a few truths about what I think and then she'll come back at me and give me a few truths about what she thinks but I think it's weird now looking back in retrospect because I'm going off to uni in like less than a month and the thought of not being with my mum makes me want to cry like I don't want to be without her at all but I think you get an appreciation for that when you're older and I think when you're living in it and when you have those arguments and you have those tiffs it's not until you actually step away that you realise how for granted you take things. And we do take things for granted, even though we're disabled, like care, we take for granted. Me and mum will fight about care and things that she does for me that essentially I could do for myself. But I think it's because you become so immune to the fact that she'll always be there, that when she's not, it is a hard truth to come by but yeah there are struggles but there are also great things that come from being disabled and having a family as strong as mine don't worry she'll be up and down that motorway don't yeah. you worry i told her that <laughs> lewis um straight away when we asked that question you went yes definitely big impact what kind of examples have you got of where you feel that your disability has impacted uh well so i've got two older siblings and they they've obviously been with me ever since I was born. And, uh, my family actually used to live out in Qatar, in the Middle East, uh, and that's when my parents found out I was disabled, whilst I was still in the womb. And they actually had to move back to the UK because uh, there was better medical care and health care because at the time my disability wasn't really researched or well-known, so people didn't really know much about it. So, yeah, it... It impacted my my brother and my sister a lot um, because they had friends out there that well, they thought were, were family. Um, 
and it was I, I imagine it was quite tough for them to try and adapt but yeah but I guess they're all right now I mean my sister's uh, doing she's doing training at the moment to be a flight attendant for British Airways and then my brother is going into Ministry of Defence policing Milo, um, when I asked that question, what were your initial thoughts? What came to your mind? I'm not really sure, to be honest, because we get along quite well, my family. Like, if I've come out of hospital and I've been in there for a few weeks, it's a bit different. But, like, right now, when I'm not, there's nothing really wrong with me where I'm not being that ill. We get along quite well, because, like, if I'm having a bad day, then I'll just go to my sister. We'll talk. But, like, in there is a sense of... Because my brother, he's quite a keen rugby player, and he wants to do me to join in with the contact sport obviously I can't with my head because that's not that would be great but there is like that and he's like oh just it'll be fine just one tackle and I'm like I don't really want to risk it because I don't want to be in hospital for a few weeks is that hard because something we've not touched on in the podcast is I guess you've got what that may be described as an invisible disability yeah. like it depends because obviously you can tell when someone and sometimes you can't but it doesn't mean that I'm normal and it doesn't mean that I can do, like, everyday things. Like, I've got bad thing with heights. can't tell that. So I'm doing really bad with that. And then it's just, it's like, well, you can do this because you don't have a wheelchair. doesn't mean that. doesn't, just doesn't mean that. How does your sibling react to your, was it your brother who, who yeah. is a rugby player? How does he react when you say, no, we can't do that? I mean, to be honest with you, he just puts up with it, gets on with it. And if he, because he's... His friends come around the dirt with him, or he goes to a local park with his friends and does it. But we get along with other things. Like it's funny because he's quite into history as well. So he helps me with my history homework. I'll help him with his my his art homework. I give him pointers on his art. He gives me pointers on my history because he's quite clever. So that helps. But my sister, we just get along because we click, and then we can be talking for hours. Like I went in there the other day and we just clicked, and then we, I was in there till it was like the whole afternoon. It was till dinner and then just, just went back, listened to music and that was it because music calms me a lot. Is that a feeling of kind of um, parity, if you like, you think, I'm just talking to my sister like everyone does. It doesn't matter if I've got a disability. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a zone out for me because sometimes I don't agree with what she does sometimes, but there are other points where I do and I think, oh, I want to do that or I don't really want to do that. It's just I look up to her and I look up to my brother in like, well, because we're the same age, but there are just things he does that I want to be able to do in a few years because he's he's just easier to click with him because he's my twin. But there's not really a lot of things I can't do with him like that. But the head, if you have like cause the contact sport, that's quite difficult. If you can't do that, it's just difficult. Has everyone everyone got siblings? Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how do you find those kind of relationships and? Also, I guess there have been struggles and there's probably jealousy at times in both ways because they may well be jealous that you're getting more attention because you need some support. There might be the jealousy from you that they might be able to do certain things that you're being told you're unable to do. Where does that sit with you? Yeah, it's definitely a thing. My sister's definitely guilty for the uh, jealousy. Um, As she's older... She got a little bit better, but when she was younger, she would always say, I'm the favourite child, and she'd be like, why does he get more attention? And it's true, I do get more attention. Like, in public, if we ever went to 
after like, events or festivals, I'd be the one getting the attention and she'd just be in the background. But now, you know, she's getting better. And yeah, I mean, she's very protective of me, even though she's the younger one. I really wanted you to finish there by saying, but yeah, I'm just the favourite. I mean, maybe I am, who knows? <laughs> They'll never tell us. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> How about you, Lou? What's your uh, relationship with your siblings? Um, Yeah, quite good. I mean, Marley, my siblings are quite the opposite. Um, It's not that they're not protective, but they... It's the same with my parents as well. They just throw me in the deep end uh, and hope I can float, basically. Uh, not in a way that is, like, dangerous or unloving, but they're just... They're, I think their mindset is, he's going to do it one day. Might as well get him to do it now. And I'm not saying they, you know, make me walk, because that would be, be quite rude and impossible. But, for instance, when I first started playing wheelchair basketball, I didn't know what I was doing it. They just took me to a local le- leisure centre... And I was just goal hanging the whole time, not even pushing up and down the court, just next to the goal hanging. They came up behind me and gave me a massive shove up up the court. And they were like, get on with it. I was like, okay, fine, I will. And then now I'm, yeah, all right at basketball. Do you appreciate that, that they gave you that push? At the time I didn't. I was like, what are you doing? Um, But looking back, it kind of, it made me who I am today, but it didn't at the same time, like it made me, realise that I can't just be lazy. And don't get me wrong, I'm lazy sometimes. I will admit that. But I'm not as lazy as I used to be. Away from laziness, though, on a previous episode, you talked about how your disability stops you because you worry about doing something new. So I guess having sibling, parent, actually pick you up, take you and go, right, go and do it, Mm -hmm. that doesn't allow any of that concern to come. Exactly, Because you're in the moment. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't doesn't give you time to process it just it's just straight to the point get on with it you've got a disability so what i mean they, they don't say it like that but they're like yeah you've got a disability doesn't mean you can can't climb mount everest or something it might be harder you can still do it get on with them yeah get on with it get, i'm not get cl- climbing mount everest why not why i'm too young and it's expensive <laughs> very cold as well yeah very cold. Exactly. um joe what's it like with we're talking about families siblings parents there are obviously there will be huge times of clashing but also that love and care i guess you've you would have experienced a whole range of different family dynamics but it's so important it's really important for the support of all these guys and obviously they were probably coming from school where they were the only child in a wheelchair to a school where they were one of a various amount of children in school with a whole bunch of teachers that were used to children who were wheelchair users and the extra adult in the room so the help and support from home is brilliant these guys I worked with a lot because I worked in the physio department with them so they get to talk to us about a little bit more in depth about how they feel and what's going right and what's going wrong and I think that was a really really I'm really grateful for the position that I'm in there why do I feel like the physio department was the gossip room? Uh, it oh, it was. was. So we had a lot of different people. So we had Nashers, we had Waters, we had Scotty, and we had Cobby. Yeah. yeah. So they were their names. Well, not their real names, by the way. And um, it was kind of like a respite from school. Just at whatever 
point you had it at the start of school I was known for skipping my physio sessions because I didn't do them and then I got in trouble and then I realized actually so if you've got to buck up your ideas and you've got to go make the most of it and when you build that rapport with Joe, Sue, Audrey, I'm trying to remember all their names now. Um, Alison. Yeah. It's like no other because you can just talk about things that are going on at home. You can talk about things that are going on at school. You can talk about gossip that's happened in your year. It's a respite from school, in school, if that makes sense. Callum never missed a session. Yeah, never did. Always knew you get Loves the gossip. That's why you get half a lesson off. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did actually. Yeah. It's half an hour, one hour lessons, half an hour after that lesson. Bad is we'll do that. Often you'd like if you didn't like a teacher, you'd go in the morning and you'd be like, any chance you could fit me in at such and such time? Yeah, a hundred percent did that. We'll see what we can do, and you come back and you'd sit on the board because they'd have your initials on the board, and it'd be jiggled round to the time you wanted it to be. Yeah. Love it that. was a good day when that happened. I'm not going to ask Milo because Milo's still there. So yeah, he definitely yeah. didn't do anything. Milo any of that. doesn't come to physio, which is why I don't see him as much. Oh. But now he knows it's the centre of the gossip. He's going to be booking in those sessions, isn't he? <laughs> I just need a little bit of physio. Yeah. Um, the shoulders in pain. <laughs> exactly that. Um, in terms of protective parents, that's a big subject. Yeah. How do you find your parents? Like in terms of how they approach you as you've grown up because I guess there's been various different stages as well because they've been learning about your disability as much as you have through the years how, how do you find that kind of relationship Milo and how you can just discuss anything they very rarely like make me feel like I have a disability because they always have a smile on their face and if, unless I do something bad but obviously normal so I'm not treated any differently like my brother and my sister I'm just a normal human like any other person. So, they treat me normal. I mean, yeah. No, they treat us normal. I mean, my mum's definitely a little bit protective. Uh, when they call it, they write me up in cotton wool a little bit. But, I mean, besides that, it, it can be a bit hard sometimes when you... Especially at this age now where you need to gain your independence. Like, in a month, I'm living on my own, four hours away from home. And, uh, yeah, it's a bit daunting, but... Hopefully she'll be all right. Have you felt any change since making your decision on where you're going to go to uni in terms of kind of not unleashing the shackles, but releasing the cotton wool a little bit, if you like, just to get you kind um, of ready and probably getting them themselves ready a bit? Yeah, no, I've definitely done a lot more. Like, I've been out with Joe like loads, been on trains, buses. I've been practicing shopping, you know, just all the essentials. I'm ready to move away. I, I don't know about my parents. They act like they're ready, but they're definitely not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it hasn't really sunk in with me yet that I'm moving, so I couldn't really tell you if I'm nervous or not. Can you envisage how you might feel on that day? Not really. So I've been like, I've been away without my parents before. Like, I've been to France on my own. That was for two weeks. I don't remember being nervous then. I've been to places like Naomi House. May you're not with your parents. I'm a little bit used to it, but who knows? Maybe after a week, I'll be like, oh no, I'm not coming home. How are you feeling, Sophia? I don't want you to cry, but how are you, how are you feeling about that whole prospect? I mean, if we're going back to like my relationship with my parents, I can't quite describe it in just one word, but 
there are certain aspects of my life in which they'll wrap me up in cotton wool and they'll be overly protective and that is at times quite frustrating for me because I think I know it all and I don't but I want to test those boundaries and I want to do things on my own but equally there are times where they'll go out and they'll make me do things that I wouldn't otherwise do, push me out of my comfort zone. With a lot of the Knights Foundation um, event days, I'm the guinea pig for things that they do. I'm the child that they test out on, the water skiing. I did that the first time and I absolutely loved it. And without them doing that, I wouldn't have had that force of like fearlessness. It's instilled in me because of my parents. So moving away is difficult because I think People think I'm very confident because of the things that I portray and the things that I say, but equally, I'm also very anxious, like extremely anxious behind closed doors. And I'll act like I know it all when I go to uni, but I can tell you the minute mum leaves, I won't have a clue what I'm doing. I don't know how to work a dishwasher. I don't, I don't know how to do any of that. So I'm gonna have to figure it out. But I think the only way that I'm gonna figure it out is harsh but it's because mum's not going to be there. Lewis, your jaw dropped when you just found out Sophia couldn't work a dishwasher. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I don't know why. Um, then I realised neither can I. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can, I think. I just don't. Yeah. Don't need to. You just don't do no. it. I was, well, that was going to bring me on to the point of, you know, when your parents, you know, treating you the same as your siblings, making sure you're doing the same things, does that come down to chores and stuff? Is it like, oh, right? I definitely is, get is away with chores. I don't get away with it. Much. I, yeah, I don't do chores. No. I had a chore when I was younger. Um, I used to... <laughs> Mum's got her head in her hands right now. I used to crawl around on the floor when I could crawl, and I used to get the baby wipes and wipe the skirting boards. That was my little thing that I could do to earn some pocket money or if I was ever in trouble, I'd go and do the skirting boards. So yeah, there are chores that we can do. I did offer at some points because I thought, you know what, it's my only source of income, so if it means I'm going around wiping the skirting boards, then I'll do it. But yeah, I think with parents as well, one thing that I did want to point out is the relationship that you have with your sibling, not the relationship that your parents have necessarily, but the relationship that you have. Over the years, my relationship with my brother has been very, very strained. There was a period in time where we didn't talk much. We'd live in the same house, but we'd kind of coexist and not talk about things. And it's because when I was younger, I used to get him to do things that I knew I could do. I kind of milked the whole disability thing there was one example, the remote was on the table and I was literally a few feet away and I said, Harv, can you, um, can you grab the remote for me? And he went, no, do it yourself. I was like, but you're there, can you do it? And he was like, no. And I think him seeing that I've got my independence and like, I'll go around the shops now and I'll get him a monster or I'll get him something and he, he'll occasionally go around the shops now and he'll say, do you want anything from the shops? He'll come in from work and he'll be like, hi. Before, when he talked to me, he'd be like, hi. But he'd be like, hi. How? I'd say, how was your day at work? He was like, yeah, great. So he'd come and sit down on my bed, come and talk to me for a bit, and then go and see mum and dad. I think Harv is the light of our house sometimes. He'll crack jokes left, right and centre that has mum cackling. And he's really the best big brother, because I know that even though we don't get on at times, if anything was to happen to me, There have been examples in the past where things have happened to me and I don't feel like I can talk to my parents about it. 
I'll go to my brother and he'll do anything for me. In terms of talking about milking your disability, that was a very, very nice phrase, I like that. Um, I was just thinking about a situation that may well have happened where your family are all very aware of what your abilities are, maybe sometimes where you're not able to do certain tasks. Have you ever been in an environment, I don't know, it might, it might even be with wider family, aunties and uncles, and you're somewhere, and people start pandering to you, and you play on it, and your family are like, oh yeah, no, she does definitely need the help with this, or he does need the help, and you're having a laugh about it, really, because people are not understanding your disability, and they're just going, oh, they definitely need more help than is actually required. I think, like, especially with my extended family, like aunties, uncles, things like that, there is an element of them, like, talking down to you, and it, it's it's weird, because you'd assume that, obviously, you're part of their family, they know that you've got a disability, they know that you've got a condition, but the dynamic between parents and the dynamic with yourselves and extended family is completely different like when my nan used to come around she did the classic thing of like squishing your cheeks or giving you five pound or whatever else and she'd come down and say how are you Sophia talking to me like slower as if I could if I was struggling to understand her and it's almost like I feel like going back and saying I'm good but I don't but it's just things like that where my sense of humour comes through. And yeah, you do milk it, you kind of play on it a little bit. It's fun. I mean, for me, my family know I hate fuss. So they just kind of leave me to it. Like, even my wider family, they were pretty good at that. They know I didn't really like fuss. In my family, like, we're quite a close family. And they don't really faff about with me or anything. In public, a lot of people would do it in public. Like, like oh, do you need help? Blah, blah. I'm like, no, I'm all right. Leave me alone, please. But it's nice that they offer. But I just hate fuss. I don't really milk it like in front of my family, but especially when I'm out. Like, let's so, so say if I was talking to a girl or something, I might milk it a little bit. But yeah, I don't milk it so much that it's like full on. But yeah, I might might milk it a little bit. But I, I do need to get out of the habit because it's not great. What's your best chat up line? <laughs> is it disability? <sighs> is it disability related? Um. <laughs> Yes, it actually is. However, it's probably not appropriate, so I'm not going to say it. You're listening to the Knights Foundation podcast. The Knights Foundation provides support and equipment to disabled, deprived and seriously ill children and their families. Find out more at thenightsfoundation.org. Joe, in terms of when you're thinking about parents learning about their children's disability because I I guess there is for them in the time that you're working with them in those formative years they're still learning a lot at the same time definitely and we're learning along with everybody else you can have everything written down about each one of these guys disability but they're all individual we are all individual they will all react they will all their muscles will be different you get the teenage years where the hormones kick in everything changes we definitely find that from a physio's point of view but everybody's learning together these guys have taught me so much over the years it's been unreal in terms of their disability in terms of their attitude and minds in terms of what how they figure out the world milo in terms of um joe was just talking about how she's learned 
do people ask you to explain what you've been through and kind of how you how you've lived with it yeah well and i had a big operation it was cranial vault expansion it was where they take like make your head a bit bigger i did a talk i had x-ray scan pictures of like, on paper and i handed it around my year six class and then i stood at the front and explained all of it and i just said hydrocephalus just means water brain basically it just got too much liquid in my head and then the information on my shells it just gets washed off every now and again so i forget it that's basically how i just describe it but what was the reaction from the people in your class they some of them they were like because not many people have had that many operations and then i said that i've had a few well more than a few um a bit of an understatement yeah <laughs> um, and then they were just some of their faces were a bit shocked and then i just explained it why i have them and how it makes my life better that it makes me better health. Do you know the number? It's around 120, I think. Wow. And did those classmates then come up and ask other questions? Because I expect they're probably quite intrigued by that point. Yeah, there were a few that asked me, and some of the questions, they were quite good. Some of them, I just said, not really, I'm not comfortable asking that or answering that. But most of them, they were fine answering. I got asked by... They looked like a year eleven last year, um, and they they just asked me, what, not being rude, but what do they what are those scars from? And I just explained it, and then they were fine. They just walked away with nothing. They didn't say anything. Didn't stare at me. It's fine. That some comes back to an earlier conversation we had about kind of that knowledge, and if people ask, it's almost better than if they don't ask and ignore you, because that would just well as much as anything is just plain rude, isn't it? So let's finish this episode on family life then. The fact that you've experienced what you've experienced with your families, how does that make you feel about family life going forward? Is it something you think, do you know what? I'd love to have a family. What my family's been like has been absolutely amazing. I would love to have that in the future. Yeah, definitely at some point, later down the line. Not right now. But. Never for me. Honestly, I just, I just find it too stressful. It would be, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to cope. I mean, maybe when I'm a bit more mature, which is highly unlikely, because I'm quite an immature person. But, yeah, at the moment, I'm like, no. Oh, yeah, you're very young at the moment. Well, yeah, but, like, yeah, I I don't know. I just just find it stressful, I think. Yeah. I mean, a family is what you make of it. Um, I can't say whether or not I do want a family in the future. I've got my own family as it is, but whether I want a family of my own, I don't know. I think, unfortunately, having a family can't be an impulsive process. It can't be for anyone. But especially with having a disability, you've got to think about logistics. You've got to think about hypothetical situations of if things happen or if you drop something, how are you going to pick it up? If the baby falls over, how are you going to pick them up? And it's things like that that, as you grow up, you kind of think about it. I'm certainly not saying I want a family now, but it's always kind of in the back of your mind. And you kind of, when you meet people, that, that's another thing. And you're like trying to figure out your way. But yeah, I think families are what you make of it. And I think at the moment, I'm just appreciating the family that I do have, not the family that I will have. What a lovely way to end the episode. 
Thanks, guys. Another wonderful episode of the Knights Foundation podcast and our special guest, Joe. Thank you so much uh, for coming to join us. And we'll, uh, we'll do it all again next time, shall we? Yeah. yeah. Sounds yep. good.